0: Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1, we read through that. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed So Abram uh, departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Mora, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Uh, So from this uh, subject and from this passage, we're going to kind of unpack something that uh, we learn and we've heard before in regards to um, Abraham, but one of the first things I want us to understand is that Abraham built altars. And a lesson that we must learn from this fact is that God reached out to Abraham and uh, spoke to him and called him. And Abraham's response was to build an altar. And so before we uh, get further into that, though, uh, going back to the beginning of the text that we uh, started from, and I'm just reading a couple notes here as well, but God called Abraham out to leave his country, his family, his father's house, and go to a place that he would show him. In other words, God was calling Abraham to leave everything that was familiar, everything that was comfortable, and take a step and move into an unknown future and to a place that ultimately God said, I will show you. That was the calling. And now in this next part that we are reading will be the promise. And this promise is this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Curse him who curses you, and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. So in these first three verses of Genesis chapter 12, we see the calling and the promise. God is not going to call anybody uh, for no reason, and the promise is the purpose. The purpose of the calling is also the promise. God will call people. God has called us. God uh, is uh, calling us into a, a new dimension, also into the future for a specific purpose, and that purpose also has promise attached to it. Because if we are to fulfill God's purpose, we also have the promise that he is going to do these things through us if we answer the call. And so this is the case with Abraham calling you out, Abraham, to go to a place I will show you because I have purpose for you. I have a purpose I want to fulfill in the earth and through you, Abram, I am choosing to begin the fulfillment of this purpose. And this is what I will promise you. And so uh, we we see Abram uh, in this initial uh, beginning that he hears from God because we see in verse four, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abram is 75 years old and he has no children. Him and his wife, Sarai, have not been able to have kids. And Abram has been called by God now for a purpose, and he's received a promise that from Abram will come this nation. He says, I will make of you a great nation. So uh, the just the common sense conclusion would be, well, at some point, a child has to be born because there's no great nation that exists with just two people who are uh, 75. Uh, that, that's not a nation, that is a couple. And so uh, this, there is this uh, almost impossibility attached to the purpose and the promise. In other words, this has to be of God because otherwise it's not possible. And God is the one who has to bring it to pass because I don't even see how it can come to pass. And so, uh, you know, I've heard it said, uh, you know, the, di- the difference between your imagination and the call of God or uh, the fact that you know it's of God is it scares you. If, if you feel like God's calling you to something and you have all the answers and you're really comfortable uh, with it and and you have it all figured out, that's probably not from God. That's actually just your own idea. But if you feel called to something that you don't know the end result, you don't know how you're going to get there, you don't have a clue uh, about all the other puzzle pieces, you just are feeling this call, this this beckoning, this this uh, drawing towards something, and it and it really kind of scares you. Well, that's probably God, and so Abram here in this uh, in this setting, he is asked to leave everything that's familiar and go to a place that God would show him, and all of these kind of if you really break it down, these absurd ideas are stated. I'll make you a great nation. I will make your name great. You'll be a blessing. All families in the earth through you, Abram, will be blessed. Uh, God is promising Abraham to have this worldwide impact. And in hindsight, it is for generations to come and it's all hinging initially on this fact will he get up pack his bags take his family leave his homeland leave his family leave everything that's familiar and go to this place god would show him it all hinges on that fact and so first off we conclude that abraham had great faith because It says that he departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abram did not get up and go on a whim. Abram moved on a word from God. Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. A lesson we can learn new life is we move as God speaks we move as God speaks Uh, so uh, with this then in verse 7 the Lord appeared to Abram and Abram arrives to a piece of the land that God's going to promise because he says to your descendants I will give this land and immediately, Abram's response is he builds an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him there. And it was uh then he moved from there east of Bethel, and he established uh, a, a little campsite there. And then there he also builds an altar. So if you were to take a map of um Canaan in that time and uh, just track Abram's uh Uh, journey through this land, you can see that literally Abraham is building altars all throughout this land that will eventually become the land of Israel. It's like altars are stakes in the ground of marking territory. It's like Abram building these altars was him possessing the land. And so And and, and as we've read before, God told Abraham to go walk through the length, the breadth of this land and walk through the land because I'm going to give it to you. But also there's this altar aspect of it that Abraham is building these altars all throughout the land and they go up as memorials before God and they are markers, stakes in the ground, uh, places that uh, are establishing the promise of God. It's almost as if Altars are places where uh, the promises of God are established even before they come to pass in the natural. These altars are markers, memorials that go up before God. And even though this land is not literally Abraham's or is not literally become the nation of Israel yet, uh, it marks it, it's done it's the same for us when we have an altar experience we don't build physical stone altars and put animal sacrifices on it anymore, there's no need for that. But we have these experiences in prayer with God, where God speaks to us, God meets us where we are. God puts something in our spirit that we can't deny, we can't ignore, we know he's dealing with us about something. And in that altar experience, in that time of prayer, we yield to God, we surrender to what God is wanting to do and we leave that uh, encounter with God, we we move on from that time of prayer and we're really never the same. That is the equivalent to what Abram's doing here in building these altars. We need to have times in prayer where when we leave, we're never the same. Uh, We must And this is more important than ever before. We must have moments, experiences, 15, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, an encounter with God frequently where our will is surrendered to God's will, where our desires yield to God's desires, where we get a word from God in our life. Our life's direction is changed, and we are moving towards that word from God. Uh, That's what's going to keep us anchored. That's what's going to help us navigate through uh, the coming days and months and years. We've got to be able to hear from God. And when we hear from God, we have an altar experience where we're surrendering to God. Abram's consistent response to a word from God was to build an altar. God would speak, and Abraham would build an altar. This represents three things, sacrifice, commitment, and faith. And the reality of it is, is that you won't sacrifice for what you don't have faith for, and you won't commit to what you don't believe in. The altar that Abram built was uh, significance and and signified sacrifice and commitment and faith. That means Abram believed God. We know he did. We know that uh, Abram believed God. We've covered through these altars. He built several altars. Each time God would speak, he would build an altar there and establish it in Genesis 13, three through four, when it mentions this. And he goes back and he revisits altars and and all of this, and he calls upon the name of the Lord. And all of that is covenant language, meaning Abraham is entering into covenant with God, this is not just a, a Sunday experience. This is not just something that I do a couple times a week or when I think of it, I'll, I'll, you know, get in touch with God and we'll, and we'll connect again or we'll catch up. No, Abram walked with God just like Noah walked with God. Abram trusted God just like Noah trusted God. Abraham was in a covenant relationship with God and God would speak to Abraham. Abraham would hear the voice of God and it caused Abraham to live differently. uh, It affected his life. And we know that Abraham was a man of great faith. We talk about the faith of Abraham. Well, Abraham had that faith because he heard from God. Everybody can have great faith, but they must be able to hear from God. And so uh, now going on to Genesis 13, 14 through 18, we see another um instance of building an altar and i referenced this a little bit ago but it says the lord said to abram after lot had separated from him lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward southward eastward and westward for all the land which you see i will give to you and your descendants forever and i will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth then your descendants also could be numbered Let's stop there for a moment. That's insane. The dust of the earth. God is saying that if a man could number the dust of the earth, that is the number of your descendants, Abraham. And Abraham believed God. I'm going to show you uh, later in a minute uh, an example of the type of faith Abraham had. But Romans, uh, I believe chapter four, references the type of faith Abraham had. He didn't just believe in God, but he believed what God said. And one of the things that God said to Abraham was your descendants are going to be equivalent to the dust of the earth, that if you could number each granule of dust, Each small piece of sand, if you could number all of that, that will be your descendants. And Abraham believed God. So either Abraham was crazy or he had a relationship with God that was so committed that when God spoke, Abraham knew his voice and believed. And one of the things that we must have in our life To keep us anchored and grounded and confident in the voice of God is an altar. An altar keeps us grounded because the altar is a place of commitment and sacrifice, meaning, we're making this conscious decision that, in, in spite of what I may face in the future, in spite of what I've been through in the past, in spite of what I may be dealing with right now. I am committing all over again that I'm gonna walk with God and I'm gonna believe God. Everything God says, I will believe. And so Abraham believes God in what God says to him even when it seems crazy. And God says, arise, walk in the land, The length of it, the width of it, I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent, went and dwelt uh, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Every time God spoke to Abraham, Abraham built an altar. It's almost as if God speaking and a place of consecration go hand in hand. So if we are having a hard time hearing the voice of God, maybe we need to consecrate. Maybe we need to recommit and align our life back in the ways of God. Maybe we've got some things that are out of sorts. And if we'll just get back to an altar experience, back to a place where we get our priorities straight where we realign our life with the word of god we will be able to hear from god again abraham believed god because abraham was in covenant with god and abraham had crazy faith that's the bottom line okay he had faith yes but he had crazy faith. He had this type of faith that each of us, we have the potential to have. We have the ability to have it, but you're not going to have the type of faith Abraham had without an altar. We're not going to have the kind of faith that Abraham had uh if we're not in relationship with God. You don't sacrifice for somebody you don't really believe in or believe. You don't sacrifice for somebody that, that you're not fully committed to that's the same in the natural it's also the same in our relationship with God if we truly love God if we truly believe in God and we truly believe God we're going to sacrifice we're going to commit to him and for him to see his will and his word come to pass in our life and so Abraham had crazy faith And uh, we get a glimpse of this in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Let's pause here. Abraham had, in one way or the other, been promised this son Isaac since he was 75. And finally, when Abraham was around 100, Isaac was born. And then uh, tradition tells us that Genesis chapter 22, in this setting we just read, it happened most likely uh, when Isaac was around 20, approximately. So time had passed even after Isaac was born, and God is still wanting to test Abraham's faith. It says God tested Abraham, and and he says, notice notice the language of God. I mentioned this the other day. It's kind of like God's almost rubbing it in, like really wanting to drive this point home. He says, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Take him and go to a place, I'll show you, Moriah and uh, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I'll tell you of. And Abraham's, Ham's response is he gets up early the next morning and he saddles his donkey and he takes two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. They split wood for the burnt offering and they arose and they went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. God tested Abraham and said, take your son, your only son whom you love and offer him as a burnt offering to me. Abraham's response as he goes and he does every single thing God told him. And that in and of itself, we would say is enough. But look at the perspective of Abraham because you can gain a lot of um, understanding of people's perspective based on what they say. And Abraham says to his two young men that help him, he says, stay here with the donkey, My son and I are gonna go yonder and worship. In Abraham's mind, everything that God was asking of him, we in our mind are viewing this as a horrible thing, as something that is absurd. Why would a loving God ask this of me This doesn't make sense. God, you promised this to me. And now you're asking for the promise back. And Abraham simply calls it worship. We get insight into what worship is. Worship involves sacrifice. You cannot worship without sacrifice. We cannot say we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth without sacrifice being involved sacrifice lets us know there's commitment we're all in we believe this and we understand uh that sacrifice is a part of worship because romans 12 tells us that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto god which is our reasonable service that word service means worship So when we present our bodies a living sacrifice to God, we're worshiping God. So worship and sacrifice go hand in hand, and Abraham understood this. But notice this statement of faith. Notice this statement of faith. Abraham, I believe, almost, he he set the tone for the future with this statement. We're gonna go worship and it's gonna involve sacrifice, but we will come back to you. Here in worship, we have sacrifice and we have faith. Our worship must involve sacrifice, but it also must involve faith and both come from a hearing from God. The word word of God, the Bible, scripture, that infallible, forever settled in heaven, word of God. We we ingest that, we hear uh, a rhema word from God through prayer or the preached word of God and God speaks to us and we respond to that in worship through sacrifice and faith and how we live and how we act and how we respond to all of that. And Abraham says, we're gonna go worship, but we're going to come back. Yet God is asking the unthinkable in our minds of Abraham. But we get better insight into what Abraham is thinking by reading Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. God was testing Abraham's faith when he was asking Abraham to offer Isaac As a sacrifice back to god who's testing abraham's faith by doing this thing and what is the testing of our faith the bible talks about the trial of our faith being more precious than gold and in all of these things and be not uh peter says don't be surprised when you come under these fiery trials and all of this to prove you and test you but what is the testing of faith It is the test of how much do you believe in the word of God you received? How much do you believe that word that you heard from God? Because right here, Abraham remembered what God said. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. So Abraham was so confident in the word of God that he had received, Abraham, you're going to be the father of a great nation, of many nations, uh, that the the nations that have come from Abraham are many. It's not just Israel. Many nations have now actually come from abraham uh, many tribes and all, all of all of that it's beyond comprehension it is literally the sand on the seashore it is literally the stars in the heavens but right here in this moment all of that was hinging on this fact how much did abraham believe the word of god that he had received and so he was confident god is asking for me to give this promise back to him But I'm so confident in the initial word that I heard that I know that even if Isaac is sacrificed, that God is able to raise him up because that right there is the promise. And this promise is not going to die in the sense of be gone forever. Even if he is sacrificed, God is able to raise him up. Now we know that God would not ask that fully. But we also get insight into the fact that in the cultures around Abraham and the land that he was dwelling in, human sacrifice was a common thing. And here we see a test. Abraham, do you love me as much as the pagans around you love their false God? Are you willing to be as committed to me as these pagans around you are committed to their false gods and i I would ask us each here tonight new life are we as committed to our jesus as much as other people are committed to their religion to their ideology to their mission to their goals are we as committed and sold out to jesus and his calling and his mission for us as people are to their god to their career to their to their mission to their religion to their false god do we love jesus that much it's a test it involves sacrifice in faith do we believe god when he says when he gives us a word when he speaks to us individually as a church do we believe that do we latch on to it do we let our life revolve around his word Or is his word just a part of our life? We must come to these conclusions. But Abraham had faith because he heard a word from God. And he heard a word from God because he had a relationship with God. We know that faith is evidence of things unseen, but it's also evidence of things we've heard. And so uh, tonight, I would ask each of us, Simple question, can you hear from God? And if so, what is he speaking to you? Then the next question would be, do you believe him? And the answer to that question of yes or no, do you believe him, would be based off of, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to see that word fulfilled in your life? Are you all in? Are you committed? Do you love Jesus as much as pagans love their false gods? You love him more. Worship involves sacrifice and faith, but our faith comes from hearing God. And we'll go through trials. Some of us are going through trials. Some of us are dealing with some difficult seasons, but... Those trials are testing us to see how much do we believe that word from God? How much do we believe the word of God? That whole book, every promise in that book. Do you believe that Bible with all of your heart? That's what the trial of our faith is, the testing of our faith. But when we come through it, on the other side will come forth as pure gold because we never stopped believing God. It's important to believe in God, yes, but we must believe God. Every promise every word in his book every promise he's made us individually every promise he's made us as a church the promise that he's going to that he's going to uh, save your your spouse or your your loved ones your family members you've been praying for for a while if you have a word from god that he's going to do it believe it no matter how it looks because we walk by faith not by sight which means we walk based on what we hear from god not what we see around us And when we do that, we can't even measure the impact that we will make in the world around us because we are living our life based on a word from God, not on the um, circumstances around us. And that is how Abraham became the father of a great nation, many nations, and has impacted the world for generations to come. and the promise of the father the outpouring of the spirit of god is how all families of the earth will be blessed that is the promise that came and it all started when god started a nation with one man and one woman abraham and sarah we are recipients of all the blessings that god has instituted through covenant through one man and one woman when he initially started the impact cannot be even measured simply because he heard from God and he reacted and he acted and he lived his life according to that word from God let's pray father we thank you for your word and God I ask that each one of us tonight would uh, take inventory of our life and and make sure that if there's anything keeping us from hearing your voice that we would remove it and eliminate it and God I pray that we would uh, reconsecrate ourselves to you, to make sure, God, that we are all in, that we love you more than anything else, and that our ear is tuned to the frequency of your spirit, that we would hear you, that we would respond, that we would be willing to sacrifice and walk uh, in, in a new level of commitment like never before, walking into the future you're calling us to so that we would see Uh, your purpose fulfilled in our lives, and your promise fulfilled. Lord, we pray, let these things come to pass. We want to see your kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.